morning. Welcome tonight to our services. Welcome all of you that are guests tonight and our members alike. And we invite you to take your Bible and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we continue in our study through this letter that Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia. And we've been in this section of chapter 5 for some time, sort of a series within a series. Uh, in verse 22, and the Bible says, Galatians 5, 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. In this section that, that Paul is in, writing to these churches of Galatia, he is contrasting what the flesh looks like versus what a life that is controlled by the Holy Spirit of God will look like. And we've been considering each of these, what is called the fruit of the Spirit. And tonight, we're going to consider goodness. We've worked our way to this point, And the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. In chapter 6, in verse 10, the Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And if we were to turn over to 3 John, I want you to do that with me. Turn to 3 John. And see verse 11. 3 John in verse 11, the Bible says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And we're going to see in several other places the command, commands of the Scripture toward goodness. God wants uh, this character trait in His people. But goodness is a state of being good, if you will, that is produced by the Holy Spirit of God in the life of a Christian. Doing good and acting good are two very different things. Doing good is what we are on the inside that is being uh, uh, produced for, by the Spirit of God that will manifest itself on the outside and so doing good is what we are by being surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God and what He produces, while acting good is a facade that is often for covering up what we are because we're controlled by the flesh. People know how to do good things or act in a good way, especially if you've been around a Baptist church for some time. You know the lingo. You know how you're supposed to act. You know all the things. And you can easily act in a way that puts on... Uh, the, the appearance of goodness. But that is not what doing good or goodness is. Goodness is what we are by being surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said this, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. What is produced, the fruit of a tree... Uh, is, the, is the physical manifestation that tells us what that tree is, right? And so either make the tree good and his fruit good. The fruit will be good because the tree is good. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. Goodness is a result of what we are on the inside, 
displayed on the outside. And so we're going to talk about goodness tonight as we have each of these other ones and how they fit together and how they ought to. And here's the bottom line. If we read through this list, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, etc. That's what the life of a Christian ought to look like versus the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, idolatry, witchcraft, variance, emulation, strife. And we've talked about all of those things. A lot of those fleshly things have to do with jealousy and spite and factions and contentions, all things that are a result of the flesh being in control. And there should be such a, a distinct difference in the life of a Christian. And goodness is one of those. And so we'll talk about this tonight after we ask the Lord to bless His Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you teach us and instruct us from your Word tonight? Lord, we need your Spirit. And Lord, would you apply the truth of God in our life? And may that be our heart. Lord, I want my life to line up with the Word. Lord, I surrender my will to you. And Lord, I pray that you would take me and make me into the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, teach us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, what is goodness? Let's define it. Well, let's just define the word itself. It comes from a Greek word that means virtue. It means the physical qualities of moral excellence. All right? So it's certainly something that is displayed on the outside, physical qualities of moral excellence. It means simply to be a well-doer. And that's the basic definition of goodness, to be a well-doer or have physical qualities of moral excellence. And there are many examples in the Bible of those who did good. The best example, of course, is God Himself. Every one of these traits that we have considered all begin with God because it's who God is. God is always good all the time. You know what? Even in the trials and the valleys of life, God is still good because that is what He is. It's not that what God does is good, even though He does good. It's actually what He is. He is good. Let's see some of this. It's God's nature. Let's turn to Psalm 106, if you will. Psalm 106. And several of these verses are going to say the very same thing concerning God. The Bible says in Psalm 106 and verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all His praise? We, the, the, the Word instructs us to praise the Lord, to give thanks unto the Lord, because He is good. Not what He does, but what He is. One, Psalm 107 in verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 118 in verse 1. Psalm 118.1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 136 and verse 1, the same thing, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. It's not, and it doesn't say uh, that God does good, even though He does. It simply tells us that's what He is, is good. God is always good. Even in the valleys of life, 
And we can trust His heart. We can trust His character because that's what He is. The Bible tells us that His goodness is great. We can turn over to Zechariah chapter 9 in the Old Testament here. Just before the New Testament, Zechariah, then Malachi. That puts you at the end so you know where where you're at if you're turning there. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 17. The Bible says, For how great is the goodness, is his goodness, and how great is his beauty. And we could finish the verse out, and it talks about young men are cheerful because of corn and the wine the maids. But this verse is in context of the salvation of the Lord. It's referencing the salvation of the Lord, of God to his people. And the Bible says, in context of his salvation, how great is his goodness. We can read in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 that says the goodness of God is rich. Romans 2, 4 says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? So we find that God is rich in goodness. His goodness is rich. He's great in goodness. Psalm 33, 5 tells us that the whole earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. His goodness is abundant. His goodness is satisfying. And you know, His goodness is enduring. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely God's goodness will follow me all the days of my life. God is good. And did you know that the goodness of God is actually a source of strength for God's people? Psalm 27 and verse 13 says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what? Life gets hard. Life gets full of trials. Uh, life is, is overwhelming at times to the point that I would faint and I would fail unless I believed that God was good in all of His doings because that's what He is. Amen. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. We should be thankful for God's goodness to us. Amen. Everything we have that that we have received above zero, friend, is only the blessing and the goodness of the Lord. Because we don't deserve anything but wrath and judgment. We deserve none of His goodness. And because of that, we should not despise the goodness of the Lord. That's what Romans 2.4 said. Despisest thou the riches of His goodness? You know, we can despise the goodness of the Lord. Everything we have above zero is from the goodness of God to you and to me. And we can despise the goodness of God. You say, well, how would I despise God's goodness? You know, the continual unbelief of the unsaved person despises the goodness of God. You don't know that the goodness of God is trying to lead you to repentance. Rejection of the, of the Spirit of God and the, and the pulling of God and the drawing of God in your life to, to forgive you of your sin and, and so that you can have peace with God is only because of His goodness. And when we, you reject that, When you reject that, you despise the fact that God is being good to you. Because He doesn't doesn't have to be. He surely does not have to be. 
But you know, a saved person can despise the goodness of God too. How would you do that? Someone might say, Pastor, how would we do that? Did you know that not acknowledging Him and being thankful unto Him and all that I have and understanding that it's a blessing from Him is a despising of the goodness of God? You say, well, I work for all the things that I have. I work hard and I put my hand to the labor and all that I have I own and I've paid for and I've worked for it. I've given blood for it, somebody might say. But you know what? All that you have still actually only belongs to Him. It's not really yours. It's still only of Him and from Him. It's not really mine. We're simply stewards and managers of what is still His. Not being thankful unto the Lord that God has been good in my life and the blessings of God, they are only from Him. Or taking pride in as if I had the ability in myself or something to do with that. No, that's a despising of the goodness of God. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. That's everything. Belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's. The fullness of all that's in the world, in the earth, is the Lord's. God owns it. And they that dwell therein. That means you. That means me. We belong to the Lord. Haggai 2.8 says, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. God owns it all. We're simply stewards and managers of things and not being thankful or blessing his name is a way that we can despise the goodness of God. We ought to not only not despise the goodness of God, we ought to go a step beyond that. We ought to praise God for it. Amen. For his goodness in our life. Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. God is so good to me. He's so good to you. And even in the trials of life, and even when we don't really know what tomorrow is going to bring, one thing we can know is that God is always good to me, and He ever will be, because that's what He is. And we ought to continue in the goodness of God. Romans chapter 11, you can flip over there quickly. Romans chapter 11, in verse 22, the Bible says here, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Here we find the goodness and the severity of God. God was good to you, and He says, here's the condition, if you continue in His goodness. How do you do that? It's through obedience, through faith, not unbelief like the nation of Israel. That's how you continue in the goodness of God. Obedience and faith. These are all things that we are commanded of in the Scriptures concerning the goodness of God. And so we understand from our text, Galatians 5.22, that goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. 
It's moral excellence. It's, it's doing good, being a well-doer. We understand that it's a result of what is on the inside that is being displayed on the outside. But all of that first comes from the Lord. That's because that is who He is. So let's talk about this issue then of goodness. Because it's for us, Galatians 5.22 talks about us being controlled by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God produces this in our life. And so we would say, from where does goodness come then in my life? Jesus said, there's none good but God. Paul said, I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. So where does this goodness come from then? How is it supposed to work for me? Because there's none good but God. And Paul says, in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. In fact, since we're in Romans, just look at Romans chapter 7. Just flip back a couple of pages to Romans 7. And look at verse 18, where Paul says, For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. How can we be good? Our nature is to do and to be bad, or that which is against God. God wants us to be well-doers. And He's provided for us the way for those of us who are sinful and finite creatures to actually be good. Paul knew that through Christ, that's how he could do good. And so can we. It comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a few things that are involved here. First of all, you've got to have a good heart. Jesus said... Matthew 12, 33 again, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, a good man out of the good treasure of, his, of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. So we find, first of all, that you've got to have a good heart. You have to be saved, in other words, in order for anything good to be produced. There is no ability for anything but the flesh if you've not been made a new man and given a brand new heart. If you've not been saved, there's no ability for goodness. You've got to be created in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that a tree is known by its fruit. So if our lives are being examined, right? And Paul gives a list. Here are the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. Here's what the Spirit of God produces. These two don't look at all alike. And if we examine a life and we line the life up, what does it look like? What will tell you what the heart is and what the heart looks like. Right? 
you've got to be saved first, but then you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. In our text, in Galatians chapter 5, note what Paul says here again. It's been a while since we covered these verses because we've been so long in, in the fruit of the Spirit. But go back to verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. There's a war that's going on. And it's a war for control. Either our flesh is going to control what we do, or we're going to yield and be under control of the Holy Spirit of God. Now go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and note here in Ephesians 5 and verse 9 that the Bible, let's go back uh, to verse uh, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. So you're saved now when you used to be uh, in darkness. And now that you're saved, he says, walk as children of light or live as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And so we find here that the flesh uh, can't produce anything good. It comes from being yielded to the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, and Ephesians 5 says, The fruit of the Spirit is in all righteousness and goodness, and it proves what is acceptable unto God. Essentially, it's the opposite of the workings of the flesh, which we read some of those. In fact, let's look at them again. Start down in verse verse 19, covers physical, uh, fleshly acts and sin. And then you get to verse 20, and it kind of starts in with some inward, some attitude type things. Idolatry and witchcraft and hatred. Hatred is that hostility or opposition the variance is quarreling. You notice, you ever know people who that just seems to be what they're known for is they, they argue. They argue a lot. Sometimes they call it, well, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, no, maybe it's that your flesh controls you and you're hard to get along with. Maybe it's that. Emulations. Wrath. That, that's anger. Anger to, to even breathing hard. People who, who have a short fuse and their face turns red and, and they get all huffy. You know people like that? Strife, that's factions and contentions. Seditions is disunion and division. Heresy, envyings, that's jealousy, spite. See the, the difference in what a person's life would look like when they're under the control of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace in their life. Just This person just seems to be full of joy all the time. And every time I see them, they got a smile on their face or they're praising the Lord for something. They just seem so thankful unto the Lord for something in their life. And it, and it always just encourages me. And on some other times I come across this person, it's like, oh man, I just feel terrible every time I've been around that person. All they do is complain and gripe about everything. And they've got something negative to say about everything. See the difference? 
I want to be around that person who encourages me and who seems to have some joy in their life and peace and this gentleness about them. And they're, they're well-doers. They're always doing something for somebody to be a blessing to somebody else. Paul said, in our flesh dwells no good thing. The opposite is being controlled by the Spirit of God. It's produced only as we walk in the Spirit, yielding to Him. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That enables us to be obedient to the Lord's commands concerning goodness. In fact, you know, the Bible commands this of us towards or gives commands for ourselves and towards others regarding goodness. Let me just give a few. Psalm 34 and verse 14, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 37, 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Hebrews 13, 16, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You know, God is pleased. When the child of God is a well-doer, it says, do good. And to communicate, forget not, for which such, with such sacrifices God is well-pleased. James 4.17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. 1 Peter 3.11, Let him eschew evil, and do good. Let him seek peace, and ensue it. Man, the Bible is full of commands towards goodness. It only comes, though, as we are yielded to the Spirit of God. What about towards others? You know, doing good towards others, that doesn't happen on its own or in the power of the flesh. Matthew 5.44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. Do good to those that hate you. Do good and pray for those that despitefully use you. Those who talk behind your back, those who gossip, those who even abuse you, the Bible says do good to them. That's not something that just is produced in my flesh. That's not how I want to treat somebody who is wronged me, right? Not in my flesh. Luke 6, 27, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Galatians 6, 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Sometimes we can't even be good to each other, even in the household of faith. Not when our flesh is in control. So you understand what I'm saying here? This goodness is not something... We can act a certain way, but acting good is not the same as this goodness that the Word of God is talking about because it's something that God produces on the inside. The inside is changed, and when the inside is changed, then it becomes visible on the outside. There are things that will keep us from what God wants of us, from doing good. What is it that will keep us stuck in the rut of fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind? 
Well, obviously the devil doesn't want you and I to be well-doers. He doesn't want us to give glory to God. But what is it mainly that puts the Christian in a place that keeps him from being controlled by the Spirit of God, keeps him in a rut of fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind? One of the main things that keeps us that way is not having a proper fear of God. Let me just show you a couple passages of Scripture. Not having a proper view of God and His holiness deludes us in our understanding of things. Turn to Psalm 36. I'm almost done here. Psalm 36. In verse 1. The transgressions of the wicked saith within my heart, that there is no fear of God before their eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes, until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Here it all starts with the fact that he has no fear of God before her, his eyes. And then it says that he flatters himself in his own eyes. He thinks of himself more highly than he ought until his iniquity is found to be fate, uh, hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good because he has no fear of God. We can read in Psalm 11 in verse 10, the Bible says here, that's not the right one. Maybe it's Proverbs, actually. Proverbs chapter 1. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. And look at verse 7. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So hold on to that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now look at Proverbs chapter 9. And verse 10, Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Understanding. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. And what I'm simply saying is this, not having a proper view of God and His holiness deludes us in our understanding of how abhorrent sin really is. Our thinking becomes something like this. Well, that's just not so bad. Maybe it used to be at one point, but it's really not that bad. It leads, listen, it leads to unconfessed sin in our life. It leads then to regularly being controlled by the flesh and living in the flesh. And what I'm saying is the fruit of the Spirit will only be produced when we're yielded and under control of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will only be produced while the tree is healthy, while the tree is good. And once a Christian stops walking in the Spirit, the fruit stops being produced. It's not always easy to do good, to be a well-doer. We know that's true in our own life from experience. The Apostle Paul said it himself. He battled with his flesh. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Well, goodness, or being a well-doer in the life of a Christian, is only the result of a healthy root. 
The root is the Spirit of God that has free reign in the life of a believer on the inside. Then it's going to produce the good on the outside. We do what we do. We live how we live, good or bad, because of who or what is in control. We're either a servant to sin or a servant to the Spirit of God, to our flesh. Either a servant to our flesh or a servant to the Lord. We do what we do, good or bad, because of who or what is in control. Hebrews 13, and I'll be done. Hebrews chapter 13. In verse 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. Such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You want to please the Lord? You got to walk in the Spirit. Amen? And let God produce in us that which is good. What's your life look like? Line it up. Love, joy, peace. Is that how people know you? If we were to ask your family, ask those who know you well, does this represent you? Does this characterize your life? Or look at the works of the flesh. What characterizes your life? It'll tell you what's in control of your life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have a heart and a mind that says, Lord, I want to please you. Lord, I want to obey and I want to follow. I want to yield. There's no good thing in my flesh. I don't want my flesh to be in control. And Lord, I yield myself to You. Lord, You produce in me that which is good. And Father, I pray that You'd help us to walk in the Spirit. And therefore, please the Lord, also accurately represent Christ in this world. And Lord, I just pray for Your people. Pray for our, our church, Lord, that You'd strengthen us and grow us up in Christ. And Father, I pray that you would uh, make us strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And Lord, I pray that you would take uh, your people and use them for your glory. Lord, as we go our separate ways tonight and out into the world again, Lord, I pray that uh, the life of the Christian would shine forth and represent Jesus Christ. Lord, that our lives would not look like the works of the flesh, but there would be a distinct difference in the children of God. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.